Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Hey, before we get started, we have a really cool video I want to take a look at with you guys. Let's uh, enjoy this right here real quick. You invest your money, but do you invest in relationships? In our new economy, connections are a powerful currency. It's through relationships that we achieve our goals, find new perspective or opportunities, and we lean on them for support. And yet, there's only one bank account we seem to check. It's time we re-examine our portfolio. Because in today's world, your network is your net worth. What lessons can we learn by studying the people who, by this new definition, are incredibly wealthy? What are the networking secrets of master entrepreneurs, marketers, executives, and artists? What tools do they use to bring value to themselves and others? Whether you're embarking on a new career or working towards a goal, building the right network will get you there and far beyond. Are you ready for a rich life? Porter Gale shows you how with Your Network is Your Net Worth. Available everywhere books are sold. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, co-founder of Women Innovate Mobile, Kelly Hoey, special guest, Gary Vaynerchuk, and tonight's guest, author of Your Network is Your Net Worth, available on the iBook store today, Porter Gale. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm Kelly Hoeing. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And today is the day. The book is out. It is. This yeah. is it's not like sort of. A, it's like today. Today's the day. So yeah. um, it's an absolute pleasure to sit here um, and, and meet Porter, who is, this is the first time we're meeting in person, um, and Gary, who I have known for a number of years, but I think we were talking before sort of more, more networking and feeling like I saw Gary yesterday and it was probably too long ago because um, of, of social media. But you two have a very long and rich history in terms of knowing each other. Well, it's not like it started at birth, but I adore <laughs> Gary. And uh, when I was working at Virgin America, uh, Gary approached me really early on when we started the airline. He said, I have this wine show. I'm really into wines. Could I help you guys pick your wine? And so we met at the Four Seasons. Remember that? I sure do. We, did, we, we, we <laughs> met there. Porter, please, I'm telling you, this is the right thing for your brand. He's like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And how could I say no? So that's when we met. And I've had so much respect for him, what he's done in the last four and five years, just building a community and his books and um, the innovation that you've done in the social space. So I was very pleased when he said he would come and visit with us tonight. In endorses your book, writes yep. in your book, so, yep. you know, not just pulling them off the street or off social media. I think, I think a lot of people in this room under, know what I know, which is Porter is a very special lady and uh, I'm very thrilled to, to know her. Oh, thank you very much. Did my mom send you money? <laughs> tons, tons of cash. So when I knew that Gary was coming, I thought, all right, let's start off this conversation on networking with social media. I think that's where I know Gary first from. Um, and Gary, you were really recently at the Real Estate Expo. After a few trials and tribulations with flights, again, blessings of social media. I know, how many, how many times did you try and get your, you made your keynote though. I had a keynote in Dallas uh, yesterday, um, but Sunday night was an interesting, kind of had six different flights canceled, so. It's always fun to share those things with your friends on Twitter. So. Yeah, we, we, all, we all knew. Um, but we you hated that at Virgin America. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I'm getting anxiety just thinking you know about what, that. You know what's funny about that, though? I didn't blame the airline. You know, I think, you know, you have to know 
who's really at fault. So yeah. I thought I played it right. You, you totally played it right. Um, but you're, I was reading um, a blog post today about your keynote, and you said, or they said that you said, what social networks really are are just the plumbing in our society. Yeah, and so what I think social networks are is the plumbing to word of mouth. Many of you will be here tonight. Porter's gonna crush it. You're gonna be inspired to you know, buy the book if you haven't already. And you, you'll catch a couple of tidbits, something that's smart, interesting. And whereas in the past, if this was going on 15 years ago, you might've went home, you might've wrote it down, you might've brought it up over tea with a friend a week from now. But now, as many of you know, handheld devices, phones, you're gonna type it, you're gonna tweet it, you're gonna share it, and so I think Facebook, Twitter, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, all these platforms, they've created the plumbing for word of mouth, and as a retailer and a businessman and a salesman, word of mouth is where so much business is done. If you think back to the places and things that you've bought, it's been through word of mouth, you may not even realize it, and I think that's the power of what social's really done. That's the thing at its very basic level that's really changed, which is, being a good person and doing good deeds has never been more valuable. And that feels nice. Yeah, that is great. Um, the other one, I'm gonna say, I was searching on you. You know, other than your airline flights and Misha's birthday and all that. Are you I, stalking I'm stalking. No, I know Gary, so it's not really stalking, you know? Um, where, your, it was your post on LinkedIn, um, which you're now doing with their influencer columns. Um, and it was your San Antonio Spurs? Yep. Okay, so where are you spending your, your time online and why? Just to give context to the audience, I, I, I made a post that said social media reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs, who are a basketball team that's in the finals again and you know a lot of the core players have been there for a while. You're rooting for the Heat. <laughs> what do you mean they're not in the finals anymore? No, that's the Pacers. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't ever challenge me in sports again. Um, Anyway, there's been a big conversation. A lot of my world is predicated on what's next. I've been very active lately on Vine, SoundCloud, and Medium, which you know people that follow me are asking me why am I doing this, this and that thing, and I think everybody's looking for the next shiny thing, but I wanted to write that post to remind people that we haven't even begun to get the extract, the value out of Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, um, We've got a long way to go with those products and they're at scale and I think people are chasing the shiny new thing all the time and there's quite a lot of value in tried and true. Listen, if old media, television, radio, print, outdoor, if they would just reprice to the reality of the marketplace that we live in today, I would invest in those things too. It's just they're out of sync with pricing compared to how much attention, especially a crowd like this, is allocating to it. Right. So, connecting online. Yeah. I mean, I think, and this is part of part of the conversation on um, and starting it with social media is I think a lot of people struggle with it because they're focused on the technology or the shiny object, and they're forgetting there's a human being behind it. Well, right, but you know, a couple things that Gary said that are actually really relevant to the networking is that technology has accelerated how we connect. So in the past, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Do you remember that game? Now we're down to four degrees of Kevin Bacon, or you know, even three degrees or two degrees if you have common interests. So the technology is making it easier for us to find like-minded people and easier for us to find tribes, as Seth Godin says. So um, there's that. And then the other thing is, is that our circle of empathy is a lot wider because of technology. So you know, Gary and I don't get to see each other that often, but I see posts 
and I see you know photos of your kids, and I feel like I know what's going on in your life, and you have more of a connection. And we're up to about 150 people that we have a connection with. So it's really changed how we interact with people. But has it changed the behavior in terms of the people that you connect with? Oh, I, I think definitely. I mean, it's, it's taken a, a situation where globally you can start nurturing different relationships that you would have never met people before. Um, I do include one story in the book, which is, is quite wonderful. There are some kids in L.A. from an underprivileged school that sent me a video, and they were trying to get Sir Richard to vote for them for a contest. And I had never asked him a favor, but I was so moved by this video. The kids were really just authentic and real. And so I sent it to him, and I said, you know, can you help these kids out? Now, he's only called me twice in my life, so this is, this is rare. But he called, and he said, I'm in L.A. I'll just meet with them in person. So he spent an hour with these six kids and basically you know, said, what do you want to accomplish in your life? What, what's holding you back? Totally gave them value. That wouldn't have happened without technology. I mean, write a letter to the assistant, and you know, it would have never happened. Drop, drop there in the yeah. bottom, other yeah. than Santa, who, who responds to letters. Yeah. Um, I want to pick up something in your book, because Maybe, it was, maybe it's not surprising coming from someone with your depth of marketing expertise and knowing Gary with um, what everything, everything he has done with building Wine Library and everything else. You talk about the funnel test, which I always associate with marketers, but you take it to a new and personal level in terms of talking about networking. And for those of you, if the book is out, I have now read the book. You must read the book because it was, it was really interesting to me that the networking was taking, for me, to this new level of the personal transformation, and that's where right. this funnel test in. Right. I want you to talk about that, this, this funnel test because okay. I think about Gary. Well, I'm actually going to do the funnel yeah. test on Gary because... Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, working in advertising and marketing, what I've learned over the years is that people that have brands that have defined personalities or missions are actually much more successful if they know what their core attributes are. So I created this little test. It's three steps. And the first one is picking your three passions. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Gary's passions. And I have a feeling I'm going to be right on. I, I have four that I would like for him. So I'm going to pick three of the four. But three passions for Gary, I would say wine. Yep. Technology. And, yeah. and then I've got family and sports fighting for the bucket. I think that family's kind of an obvious one. And so Hard, hard for me to say. Family I mean, or sports? Fam, families one, two, three, and four. One, two, three. So what? You so, know, technology and wine and the New York Jets are are okay. distance two, threes, and fours. All right. So we're going to put those in three circles on the funnel test. Okay. So we've got three circles. Where they overlap is the sweet spot. So if you're drinking wine, yes, at a sports game, with which a would never of- happen because I'm so focused on the game that there is no consumption of food and beverage porter during a New York Jets game because that's how passionate I am about okay. the Jets. So then I'm going to change the scenario. He's snuck in a bottle of wine into the game illegally and okay. got it past the bag check and his friends that are in tech startups are with him. That's like total sweet spot. You've got like a home run there, right? Okay, so that's step one. The touchdown. The, the touchdown. That's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. <laughs> step two is to pick a tonality. And what the tonality is, is really how do you want to interact with the world? What kind of voice? What do, you, do you want to be seen as intellectual? Do you want to be seen as fashion forward? Um, and I list a whole bunch of words. Let's see, Lady Gaga could be bold, right? 
I would like to be inspirational. So I hope that you'll, you can tell me later if I'm inspirational. But I think for Gary, you are high energy. Um, so I, I'd have to say that your, like, your tonality is probably an energetic tonality. Um, it's a word that comes to mind when, I, when you think about how you'd like to be presented or perceived. You're very innovative. Well, you know, what I'd like to be versus, you know, I'm sure I come across as hyper and, 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 and definitely high energy. I mean, to me, if I, could, uh, if I could pick one thing, I'd like to think of myself as somebody who thinks long term. Well, you know, you're inspirational too. I think you inspire well, I'm massively, a lot of people. massively inspirational, Porter. <laughs> humble. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'm, I, you know what I, I would, would say? I'm gonna go with all, humble. No, We're how about, go with humble. I would say that I'm all in, right? Okay. If all anything, in. when I pick things, I'm, I'm never half pregnant. Okay, so you're, you're committed, you're very present. Yes, so committed. We're, we're gonna go with that, just for the example. You guys following me now? Now, step three, 15 words or less. What do you want to accomplish? What's your purpose? The reason this is all so important is because networking in the past, I think people thought of it more as like schmoozing and just like meet as many people as you can. You need to have a roadmap and know where you're going. So you probably have 15 words or less that you've thought about what you're trying to accomplish in your life. I would say I only have one word that I ever think about, which is legacy. Legacy, I love that. So, which is why I document so much of my thoughts and interactions. Well, I had five for Gary. You have five for Gary? Own the New York Jets. Own the New York Jets. I could go <laughs> it there. It would also be preferable. But, but this, the reason this example is so wonderful is that Gary, a lot of his success has bec because you are authentically focused on your passions and you're connecting with people about things that you really care about. And so when you've been on Conan talking about wine, like people feel that energy. So in the book, what I encourage people to do is really think about what are you passionate about? And those are the things that you need to be connecting about. You need to connect with people based on what you care about. So, you know, if you're interested in technology or gardening or whatever it is, you figure it out before you get out there because then your work is going to be much more enjoyable, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting. I, I would say one thing for me when I, when I think about our interactions and when we're going through this process, since I'm here, one thing I'll spiel is I think you also have to really think about bringing value. I, I think bringing value is grossly underestimated. So for me, when I was making my name in the wine business, I wanted to make people better wine drinkers. Meaning, I tried to take out all the snobbery and the intimidation out of it, because that was holding people away from enjoying wine. They were nervous about it. You know, people cripple when you give them a wine list at a business meeting. You know, Instagram. The first day I saw Instagram when they pivoted, it was four days after they pivoted from bourbon and I knew it was gonna be big strictly because I realized, holy cow, this is making people better picture takers. And accessible, it makes them feel great, right? Bringing so value. I, I totally agree with that. I have a whole chapter called Give, Give, Get. I was, I was just gonna say, talk to us about the Give, Give, Get. Great, thank you, Kelly. <laughs> so, um, so that chapter, it, it basically, it, it's exactly what you're saying in that if you're bringing value to your relationships, when you turn to someone and ask for something, it's gonna be more natural for them to say yes. And it's also gonna feel more like collaboration. Now, you know, Gary and I, we don't know each other that well. I, ad I adore him, but we've seen each other over the last five years, maybe five times. 
That's right. Right. But so we've collaborated on some things, and it made it easier for me to say, hey, will you come and join us tonight? That's because we have a long relationship, and we've tried to add value to each other's careers. So, you know, value could be anything from creating content to curating articles to, you know, hosting a potluck. But whatever it is relevant to your passions, what are you bringing to society that makes the world a better place? Absolutely. I mean, what I want to do is set out for people that... I want to say the the structure of your book because again I found this a really interesting um, and new way to think about networking because um, it's probably one of those words and one of those I want to say activities we have to engage in that you hear the word and there's all you know you said it the schmooze yeah. the sort of the cringe and it was just um, it was such a pleasure to read your book and have this entirely different approach and roadmap to networking. Well, thank you for that. Um, so what I did, it's in three sections. The first section is really more of like the homework, figuring out your passions, your tonality. The second section is more about kind of strategies and core people in, in your circles. And then the third section is dives really heavy into implementation and creativity. Um, what I did was I interviewed about 60 people, everybody from you know the CEO of Twitter to Jeff Pulver and Shira Lazar. It's kind of heavy on tech just because of living in San Francisco. Um, but I share their stories and use them as examples for people to learn from. And then I built maybe about 30% exercises. So it, it's quite fun. We actually have a couple people that are in the book that are here tonight, so I am excited about that too. We'll talk about them. Um, and one of the things is you say, you put people and relationships first and success will follow. That's... A lot of nodding from Gary on that one. I mean, yeah. self explanatory. I, mean, I, I don't even understand how to live in a world where people don't understand that human beings are the most valuable thing in the equation. And so, yeah, that's what my, my I'm surprised my head didn't fall off to that statement. I, I think we grossly underestimate the equity of the network. And, you know, which, you know, I think I was just sitting here thinking about what. It's just amazing. I mean, five times and 49 minutes or two hours. And yet, I'm never been in a position in my career where I've said no to more things than I have been lately, but clearly something in those couple of hours made me feel compelled enough to kind of lend myself, and by the way, I have to leave right now. I'm sorry to be rude and leaving off stage, but I, you know, I just wanna thank everybody for coming here and supporting Porter, who I think is an amazing individual, but it's, it's just interesting how it, you know, it's the feeling and it's the people part. Yeah. Everything on pay, I mean, my assistant begged me not to come here tonight. And this is planned. He's actually not mad at me and trying to get off the stage. I no, knew we I'm had not, to go. This but, was but I mean, planned. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to people. And so we live in a world that's completely predicated on relationships now. It's back to the plumbing of social. We all have many more relationships than our parents and grandparents had. Everybody makes a big deal that they're not deep relationships. I keep hearing this conversation of, they're not your real friends. Or, you know, oh great, you have 1,800 friends on Facebook. They're not your real friends. There's enormous value in acquaintances and between acquaintances and friends. They add value, there's things they can do to your living and I'm, I'm completely baffled by people's pushback of the value of people. I think this is an incredible era to be living in. I think we're much richer for it because we have this opportunity to have the serendipity of meeting to each other. The context of relationships incredible, the way we get to express ourselves um, and so you know, I'm thankful to be a part of it. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks. being here.
Wish you well. Great to see you. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy. Well, and, and I'm going to say Gary raises that important point because you know, the benefit of technology is you, you can have this, this broader, wider network um, and these acquaintances because you never know where opportunities are going to arise. And it may be that person you haven't seen in five years. That's right. And if you haven't been posting on Facebook or some other way, I mean, used to be the holiday card list and, and all the rest of it. Well, I mean, so frequently when we travel, we'll say, you know, I'm heading to New York. Is anyone there that I can, you know, connect with or who should I have a meeting with? Where should I eat? Everything now is so much more real time and that wasn't how it was done before. Uh, which gets to more of some of the good stories. Um, and Porter is an amazing storyteller that, that the examples, I want to say, that are in your book. So you talk about people who have transformed their personal lives by following their passions um, and connecting based on their interests. And this gets back to your point that Networking is transformational, not transactional. Correct. So I know there's someone here who has transformed their life through their pa following their passion for photography. Yeah. Do you want to well, talk have, about that story? I see three people in the book, so I'm going to do three shout-outs. Um, so thank you for my three people that are Diana, Nick, and Jerry. So I'm going to give you very um, short versions of their story, and you can read the full picture. But Diana, who's here, if you can just wave to everybody... So Diana is a trained chef, um, but at one point, I can't remember the exact year, there was an earthquake, and she's also a photographer, and she decided that she wanted to make a difference. And so she was going to go to Brazil and photograph some children. She started this whole nonprofit effort, and this is coming to the giving back and adding value, ends up going and has you know an experience that changes her life. And so she, she keeps this up, and she's photographing these beautiful children. And a lot of people were like, why are you doing this? And she's like, you know what, I, I just feel driven to do this. So lots of great things happen. One, she's totally inspired. She's helping charities. She then is on a plane, and she's coming back from an island where she had been swimming with dolphins. And, and that's the part where I was like, island swimming with dolphins? I need that. What are we doing? Where's yeah, the so, flight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's on a plane, and she's sitting next to this gentleman, and there was an article about a school shooting, and she needed someone to translate it. So she says, well, can you translate this article for me? And he, he starts translating. Well, lo and behold, this chemical attraction must have happened because they ended up spending a week together. Now, I'm, I won't tell too many details, but now they're married, and they've been, you've been together like 10 years? 14, 14. So total serendipity, but here she is in this mindset where she's, doing something that she loves, she's photographing, she's in a good mood, so she's probably having great conversations, and she really connects with this person, and that changed her life. So I do talk a lot about being open, being serendipitous. Um, I'm gonna tell, you gonna tell one more quick story? Okay, so well, got, That's one of the really great things in your book are these wonderful stories well, that are, are like, you know, it's not a story of like, oh, so-and-so, it's like, no, I can relate to this person. Yeah. And so anyway. Okay, and so the stories, there are maybe two pages each, so if you don't like the story, you know, it's two pages, right? So this one, hopefully you guys will laugh because I think it's funny. So Jerry, who's standing in the back, he's in the book. Now, we've known each other for a long time, probably 20 years or so. I used to live in the, East, uh, used to live in the West Village here. When I decided to move to San Francisco, he was in Minnesota where we grew up, and he said, I want to move to, to New York. I said, oh my God, I have a rent-stabilized apartment. You can have it. So that's where he lives. Uh, that's not the story, but that's where he lives, in my rent-stabilized apartment. I can't believe I gave it up. 
But the funny story is he was in Duluth with his family eating a holiday meal, and he got an email that said, would you like to put your photos in and be an extra in a movie? Now, Jerry's a graphic designer, but he's also very entrepreneurial, has his own business, is creating multiple income streams, and uh, had been interested in acting, but hadn't really done a lot of acting. And so he sent in his photos, and within 24 hours, this is where this starts to get funny, within 24 hours, they call and they say, hey, we want you to be an extra in Sex in the City. So Jerry flies back here. He, yeah, 24 minutes, 24 minutes, okay, 24 minutes. So he flies back to New York. They say you need to have a tux to go and be in the, in the movie. Well, he gets stressed out on the plane, and his eye gets a huge sty in it, right? So he's like, he's like, debut, crap. Jerry, no, he's like, crap, I've got no. a huge sty in my eye. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, I don't want to be a... I don't want to be the ugly duckling in a land of swans or something like that, but, but he decides, I'm not going to lose my acting chance. I'm not going to lose my moment. So he calls his friends, and he starts putting tea bags on the eye. He's got, like, cucumbers on the eye. He's, like, totally freaking out. And uh, he gets to the casting. Is this funny yet? Because I don't see you laughing. It's there. Is that funny? All right. So... He goes, he does the, uh, the show, and lo and behold, they, they tap him and they say, hey, we want you to be the photographer in this scene. Can you hold the camera up over your eye? <laughs> so, you know that you sty of yours right? is going to come in handy. Cover it with the okay. camera. But yeah. So the point of this whole story is that he didn't have to respond to the email, and look at this crazy experience he had. So since that time, how many movies have you been in? Like 10 or five? Five. So you've been in like five movies and you've been, having, you've been meeting crazy people. I just saw him last night and he was with a woman. I said, where, where did you come from? And she said, oh, I just met him at a movie. So you're meeting all sorts of fun people. You're having a, a great time and your life has this new facet that's really enjoyable because you took a risk and you didn't say no to an opportunity. All right. One more story. Do we have Go, time yeah, for yes, okay, yes, yes. The one more and then, then I'll let you ask right, questions. We're going we're to pick on Nick? I'm going to pick on Nick. So Good. Nick Graham. Can you wave? Nick um, founded Joe Boxer, and he's a dear friend of mine. He also is one of the most creative individuals I've ever met in my life. So Joe Boxer... I'm going to say, 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 get nods in the audience. We can all show our age, all of us who know Joe Boxer. Yeah. You guys <laughs> oh, yeah, there There's we go. The there we go. So you know, it, he, what he did was he revolutionized underwear, which is, like, awesome, and, you know, did boxer shorts with faces and, like, bright gold and like I remember it as like the craziest marketing stunts ever and met all these incredible people his mindset so he's in the third chapter the third end of the book is all about creativity doing things differently and shaking it up so a couple funny stories Nick decided he wanted to pitch Sir Richard this is how we actually met was through Sir Richard uh, he wanted to pitch him a project because Virgin Atlantic was starting to fly from Heathrow to New York. And so Nick thought, I think I want to do an underwear fashion show in the plane. That seems like a good idea, don't you think, to have an underwear fashion show? So um, as it was described to me, he somehow gets to Richard, so he doesn't let the nose, he didn't know him at that point, gets to him, pitches this crazy idea, they decide to do the fashion show, and it ended up being a Congo line where people are putting their underwear on, and Clarence Clemens is leading the Congo line, and... Uh, Why wasn't <laughs> I on that flight? And, and, and I can't remember... I, again, I'm not going to do it justice, but if you read the book, it's in there, but it was like... How did it... It goes something about... 
now, now talk, put, put your tray table up and change your underwear, something like that, right? So, you know, hysterical stories, but that is a mindset. That is someone saying, I'm going to push it, I'm going to be creative, I'm going to do things differently. And he has brought that to the way he makes relationships, too. And he did the same thing with um, Eddie Izzard, the comedian. He saw him on a show and thought, I want to meet him, and uh, ends up going to one of his shows and says, comedy and underwear, they need to go together. And they've been friends ever since. So... You know, those are the types of stories. I tried to have some that are playful. There are some that are definitely more emotional. There's a young girl with uh, cancer and how community is important for her. But really to show people that connecting and networking, it's self-motivated. And you can choose to stay home and be in the same routine, or you can get out there and do things to inspire yourself and change your life. I'm going to get to networking out of a rut because I think people do get yeah. into into ruts. Um, we've talked about networking in terms of networking around your passion and what you're what you're passionate about, and I think that makes it easy for the icebreaker, the conversation starter, being around like-minded people. Let's talk about the we, not the me, or me. Yeah, yes, the we, not not make sure I get it right. The we, not the me. Let's let's talk about that mindset with respect to putting yourself out there and networking. Sure. Um, so this comes back to what Gary was talking about, too, about value. And so I think it's really important to think about what is the other person getting in a relationship and, and how am I making this a conversation that's about us or two people instead of just one. So, you know, for Gary, when he was giving the wine example, he was trying to help people not be... Uh, you know, scared around wine decisions. So he was making it more accessible. So the we there is he's helping other people. So it's just, again, it's a mindset and it's shifting and thinking about how do I want to interact with people? How do I want to interact with the world? Even when you go to events, a lot of times you think, what's in it for me? Well, what if you shift and you think, what can I do for someone else? What can I do to help someone else at the event? Right. It's a right. completely different mindset. It was always say to people who are anxious about going to a networking event, I always say, pretend you're the host. Yeah. As soon as you walk in and you pretend you're the host, all of a sudden, it's a lot easier when worrying about everyone else's comfort you know, ver versus your own. There's another concept um, in your book which I found really interesting, and this is this producers versus consumers. And I would like you to talk about that. Like, what's the difference, and why is it important to get into the mindset of the producer. Great, um, so this is the end of the book, and it's all about implementation. So, you know, what I would say, it's a very simple question. Are you a producer or are you a consumer? Now, from an economic standpoint in society, we need both, but if you are thinking about being a producer, again, it's what am I bringing to the conversation? This could be blogging, it could be, creating artwork, it could be hosting a gathering where people are coming together. What I encourage people to do is think about what am I bringing to the table? Because a lot of times we're just taking, right? We're taking from relationships, we're taking from you know, society, we're using things, we're asking for favors. What are you producing to make things better and to add value? So Diana's got her photographs, so Nick is bringing creativity. If you connect from a place of creativity and producing, you will have more authentic engagement because you've got something that you're sharing. It's almost like you're creating a middle ground between people. So I really encourage people to think about what are you producing that's in that middle ground that's actually gonna be exciting to people and 
interesting that you can connect on. And, and we all have something that we, we can produce. I know we're going to go to Q&A because I'm sure there's some questions out here. Um, so if you've got questions, make sure that the folks from Apple know where you are so they can give you the microphone. Um, because this is being recorded, I'm going to take this opportunity. Do you keep a list of people you'd like to network and meet? And if so, who's on that list? Oh, well, I have. Because they may be watching. <laughs> I have been trying to meet Bill Clinton. It's not working. Bill? Bill? You know, the reason I wanted to meet him, it's not what you think. The reason I wanted to meet him was because he's like the Uber networker, right? Everybody loves him. And I've heard a lot of it is his body language that he gets like really into your oh, face. Really like intense and paying yeah. attention. and yeah. yeah, like just very focused, yeah. um, very spontaneous. So I thought, you know what? I need to meet him. I'd like to meet Oprah. Yep. Yep. And then um, those are kind of my, my top two. But so Bill, I did, you know, I wrote him. I found people in my network that were one degree away from him. I sent tons of letters and I got no, 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 no. And so in the book I talk about, you don't get upset. That's not, that has nothing to do with me. Bill's not saying no because he doesn't want to meet me. He's busy. Right. right? So you keep You know going. when it's that other no. Right? When, yeah, when it's that other no that he doesn't want you to meet me. You'll know when it's that probably, no. Probably. <laughs> probably if, they, if I get a restraining order. But, but so... Uh, at the, the very end, anyways, I get an email that says, meeting you, and it's from Bill Clinton, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm gonna now it's, a, it's like a joke with my friends. And uh, it was one of those fundraising emails. You know, I'm raising money for Barack Obama, and meeting you, we all need to meet together. And I'm like, oh my God. It's a, so it, it hasn't happened. Okay, all right, we, we put it out there. It's now going to be up on iTunes. Bill, this is your chance. Come and meet Porter. All right. Networking, questions. I love when people are smiling in the front row, so thank you for that. Um, thanks for coming, and I actually started reading the book this morning, and I'm excited about getting into it. But if you had to choose the single most important piece of advice for recent graduates or someone that's doing a career change or someone, the single most important piece of advice in your book, what would it be? Yeah, um, okay, the, the single most important piece of advice is believe in yourself and like raise that bar, like go for it. Like don't be the one that holds yourself back because a lot of times I think people stop themselves and say, I'm not gonna apply for that job, I don't have the skills, I'm not gonna do this because I don't have you know, this degree. Keep putting yourself out there and keep working on building your confidence and know that you can bring a lot of value to the table and, and start the networking connecting immediately. That's great advice because it's just, I think it's right now, the way the economy, everything is, it can be really demoralizing and really hard um, to, I'm gonna say, to, to keep going where, you know, so many things that you're doing with networking is anonymous in some ways because yeah. it's online and you're not feeling that human connection right. and it, it gets tough. Well, jump, jump to Shira Lazar's story. And if you, if you haven't read that one yet, go to that because it's talking about how she wants to get into broadcast and kind of charts her own course. Um, and then you can also, send me a t tweet or an email and we can, we can chat. We like that. Hi. Um, I kind of want to go back to the social networks and with all of these social networks coming out, it's very important, I think, to say genuine. And how do you not oversaturate your friends and your followers and people that start to look to you and then it's too much information or it's now, that's a pub publicist writing that. That's not the person that I'm actually following. So how do you, what is your advice in staying true and genuine to your own network and about advertising that hops on these social marketing trends? 
Yeah, I see. I love that you're even thinking about that. That because that means to me that you have integrity about what you're posting, and you want to, you're already bringing value because you're thinking about. I don't want to spam my friends. I want to do things, um, you know, ethically and and that are good. So um, I think less is more at some time. So I would say, you know, pick the social networks that you want to be involved with. I don't think you have to be on all of them. I think that's too overwhelming, and that your life isn't full, and then you won't be out meeting people. And don't you want to go meet people? Um, in terms of what to post. I say post what relates back to your passions and your content. So, you know, if you want to be a landscape designer, you're probably on Pinterest putting images of beautiful landscapes up. Find the social networks that happen to reinforce what you're trying to get to. So if you're looking for a job, you, you definitely want to be active and engaged in LinkedIn. It's, it's growing. There are tons of views on it. It's amazing right now. Um, so think about what are you trying to achieve and then strategically use the social networks. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And as I always say to people, when I think about social networks, I always have to think about um, the, phys like think of it as in terms of a, a physical space, you know, so that LinkedIn is different than, than Pinterest, is different than Facebook, yeah. is different than Twitter. And think of me, thinking them in, in terms of who are the people, as we started off with, who are the people who are behind that plumbing and that technology, right. and how do you interact with them? And it shouldn't be any different than you know, what we're doing right now. Yeah. Is this any different than Twitter, really? Well, it's easier to talk because you don't have to like edit, right? And, like, oh, I don't have to edit. I got a little, a little more than 140 no characters. No smiley faces at the end. <laughs> yeah, no emoticons. We can actually smile. Hi, Porter. My name is Philly. I'm actually doing a career change, and I've taken full advantage of social media and connecting and networking, but I've come into a rut. Um, I feel like I'm almost pestering people, uh -huh. and they don't want to actually meet with me, which I feel is extremely important, being able to meet with someone face-to-face -face and in person. Can you give any advice for taking all of your advice that you've given? What else should I do? What else can make me stand out to increase my networking connections? Okay. Great question. So, um... I know it's hard not to get frustrated, but don't give up. So you're gonna like keep at it, keep working at it. Look for more people to reach out to. Um, of course, I want you to read my book, but there's another book that I'm gonna recommend. It's called Little Bets, and it's by an author named Peter Sims, so Little Bets. Little Bets, and I reference it in my book, is all about that big things happen with small actions, and so you just keep making small actions in the right direction. So I'm not sure what career field you're trying to go into, but Let's say hypothetically it's fashion because you look fashion forward. So, you know, if you're trying to meet people that are in the fashion space, while you're trying to get those meetings, you still should be taking action, going to the, the fashion conferences, doing the, the class. You look for other ways to get engaged in a natural way in the vertical to get yourself exposed to people and just keep at it. Now, you have to be realistic, too, about revenue and if you need to get income streams from other jobs. I've done jobs over the years that have not been my favorite jobs. No, I, you know, I think that would be helpful. I think that would be help, actually helpful for people because we we have both done career changes. Yeah. And and that career transformation, but you you know, you're a filmmaker at heart. Yeah. And so you I, did, you yeah. had a lot of other things before you landed at at Virgin. Well, I I did, and you know the Virgin America one. I remember when a friend of mine had called me and said. You know, I heard about this job. It's in San Francisco. I'm not interested in it. Are you? And I said, well, yeah, send me the thing. And, and at that point, I was kind of freelancing. And um, I looked at the brief, 
And I said, I've never been a client. Now, in the advertising world, that's kind of a big deal. Like, do you have client experience going for the VP role without client experience? A long shot, right? But I read the brief and it said entrepreneurial, the great brand on the tail fin, sounded exciting. I thought, why not try? So I tried. And then, you know, I got the job a month later. So I could have thought, no, I'm not going to get this and not gone for it. So there's all sorts of things like that where you have to like figure out, just keep taking the actions and recognize that there's also going to be learning. There is another time when I had lost a job in an ad agency that I was with closed and, and actually Patrick and Brian are from that ad agency, so thanks for being here. Um, but so the ad agency closed and I was unemployed and I, the only work I could find was in this little cubicle, like freelancing and recruiting talent for a media company and I sat in a cube and no one talked to me because I was like the loser downstairs, right? But I needed the money. But the skills I learned on how to recruit people and how to like go through resumes, like it really helped me. And so here I learned, and I had to put my ego aside, and I had to learn that, oh wow, these skills are good. So skills you then used yeah. when you went to, to Virgin exactly and you right. had to and, that's exactly uh, right. Virgin American and recruited an entire team. Right, that's exactly right. Hey. Um, I was wondering, do you think it's easier for either gender to succeed in the digital age? Or is gender not really part of the equation for success? I guess I'm thinking of San Francisco, tech, Silicon Valley, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you know, this is actually one that, that Kelly could be answering, but I think that there are tons of opportunities for women in tech right now. Now, I'm in San Francisco. I know a lot of amazing female entrepreneurs, and it's very exciting. You know, I, I think that what we're seeing, though, there's so many opportunities in tech where people don't have the skill sets yet. We need more engineers. We need more people that are in the, in the tech side. So I say yes, that women should be able to make it, but they have to go for it and believe in themselves. It's that same thing. Um, you know, I think Sheryl Sandberg's book about lean in, I think the other thing with that is that people need to start supporting each other more. And I know that you're actively helping female uh, entrepreneurs in tech. And I think, you know, thank you. And I think the question really comes down to, I think the people with the networks are the ones who are going to succeed. Yeah. And I think there's a challenge right now for a lot of people to get within networks. And it's just, it's being persistent um, and figuring out how, you know, who you need to meet and how you need to meet them. And I think that's, you know, one of the pieces on social media we didn't touch on. It's one of the, I mean, it's, call it stalking. It is one of the best research tools in terms of figuring out who, who how you can get to that person right. you want to meet. But I think the people who are going to be successful in, in the economy we have now are those people with networks. And that's both, the networks of really close relationships who would say to you, Kelly, what the heck are you doing wearing a green t-shirt? Okay, those, those people getting that really close feedback. Or the people would say to you, Porter, go for that job. I don't here. I'm right. not going to take this job. I know you're the best person for it. And if I can't take it, I want you to take it. And then, as Gary pointed out, all those acquaintances, because you never know where that next opportunity is going to come from. Well, there are two stories in the book that are female tech stories. One is a woman named Melody who is now the CEO of Style Seat, which is basically like open table for haircuts. And she's 28, I think, so she's very young. And she networked her way you know, two tech events a day until all of a sudden the overlap of her business and her personal was completely ingrained and she knew all these tech people. And so when yeah. she finally decided to start the company, she turned to them all for, you know, her A round and now right. she's doing very well. And another, Britton Warren is also in the book and she has, uh, 
Britt has a kind of like a new Martha Stewart kind of DIY and tech. Yep. So read those stories. Lots and then email me. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us. We'll answer them. Um, so this question, uh, it, it is about using your um, network, but say the situation is you've made a career change and it's an absolute nightmare. And it's only been for three weeks and you just know it's not a fit. How do you craft and tell that story when you're looking for a new opportunity without seeming like, seeming like a millennial flake? Um, <laughs> and and um, I mean, I, that's really it. Like how yeah. do you tell that story in a professional way without seeming like you're uncommitted or you're not loyal, yeah. or you're not ready to accept something? Well, it, I don't know if you need to have it on your resume if it's three weeks. Like if you, if you And that's another now, question. Like, do you, you put that on your resume? I, I wouldn't, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I probably wouldn't if it was three weeks. So I'm um, telling Margie, you're the third person. And I have two others that said put it on there. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. So I think it depends on what you're doing and you know, if you're, what kind of industry you're in, what kind of background checks. You need to be honest. That you have to be honest, you can't lie. But I don't, I don't know if that needs to be on there. Three weeks? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of one of those things. It again, comes back yeah. to those the, the human relationships behind it. And ha has it been a situation where you're like, you know what, this didn't work out. I mean, I yeah. know people. At, be honest. I, yeah. I'm on a listserv where this has happened recently. And, and you know, the, the advice was, you know what, this is not the place for you to be. Give your notice. Get out of there. And then there's a network of relationships that are help, actively helping this person find yeah. another job. And it you know? wasn't the right thing. What I learned was that I'm interested in X, Y, and Z, and I think I'm best in an environment that's you know X, Y, and Z. So you know, learn from it. Be honest. Um, you know. But yeah, move on. That's what I. That's what I'd suggest. Move on from there. Yeah. Happens all the time. I think we're used to that. Wait, how many people think that Kelly and I should have a talk show? Oh, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Here, let's put that out to network. Bill Clinton, we're going to have a talk show. You're going to be our first guest. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oprah, well, if Oprah calls first, she can be first. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll have them both on. Anyone else we need to get off the list? I'd like ah, to meet Sir Richard. He's very nice. Yeah. I don't think I have any more favors left. I used it already, so I'm sorry that one's Well, gone. but if we got Bill, maybe he'd come on the show. Okay, it's we'll really, work on it. I just want to say um, I'm really grateful for all of you coming out tonight. I know you have busy schedules, especially on a lovely evening. So thank you for being here. It's fun for me to share. I've been working on this book for 18 months. And uh, you know, I hadn't written a book before, and so it's really exciting for me. So thanks for being part of this. And, and I'll say, read the book. The, the, for me, this, this personal journey, uh, the stories, the tips, if you're kind of confused about, all right, how do you tackle you know, that, the N-word networking, this is a fantastic roadmap. And I'm going to thank my network of Apple for making this all happen and calling me and saying, would you be here? So thank you, network. Thank you, Apple team. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Everybody join me in thanking our panel for being here tonight. Thank you.